Welcome to episode 27 of the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. Today our topic is what is stress eating? We talk about stress and how it really can lead to overeating. Actually, we're a pretty stressed out society and using food to manage that stress actually makes a lot of sense. It feels good, at least for a while, but we want to move out of that and we want to move into peace with food. Let's get started and figure out how to let this stress go. Welcome to the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. I'm Kim McLaughlin, your host. I am a psychotherapist, inspirational coach, speaker, and author. I help people when they're feeling frustrated, overloaded, and overwhelmed, and it shows up in overeating and overdieting. I help them move into a place of peace with food and really peace in their lives. Given all that that I like to do and help people around food issues today is a big one because we are going to talk about stress eating and think about what stress eating is. As I was thinking about it and thinking about how stressed our society is, I I thought about the idea that you when you have things going on in your life, it really leads to this feeling of stress and overwhelmed. And and I was thinking of some of the things that might lead us all to feel stressed. So imagine if your kid's sick or you get called out on the carpet by your boss, or you feel like you have too much to do and not enough time to do it. These situations and millions more lead us to feel stressed in our lives. And that stress shows up in a lot of ways, in a physical way, as well as emotional. Some of the ways it shows up in um, the physical is we have this tightening of our stomach, our heart pounds, we feel nervous, our shoulders are tense, and um, we feel uptight. And we really think that there's something wrong going on that we can't get out of. And what we tend to do when we have food issues is when this stress starts showing up, we tend to eat. And we could call that stress eating. If we want to just get some general idea about what stress is, because I've I've said it before that I think stress is a conglomeration of feelings. It's a lot of physical and emotional symptoms that come together that we just call stress. And I think everybody has a different idea about what stress is for them. And I think it's important for you to get more in contact about with what what that might mean for you. But in general, when we look at stress, stress is really our body's way of protecting ourselves against perceived threats or danger. What happens is, is when we feel stress, it leads us to feel vigilant and try and protect ourselves against this danger. We're tasked with staying focused and alert on keeping ourselves safe. You know, if you think about perceived threat and danger in uh, back in the old caveman days, that would be, you know, uh, animal was running after us. There wasn't enough food. There was something going on around us and we had to have what we know is this fight or flight response. And that's really natural when we're um, in a situation of danger that we have that 
physical stress response of fight or flight because we need to keep ourselves safe. And this is our body's way of engaging in that safety mechanism. What happens when we're in that fight or flight stressed response, it's um, our bodies get flooded with adrenaline and cortisol and we prepare to act. We prepare to get ourselves safe, either fight or flight. And our bodies will react in in different ways, or we might notice different symptoms, like our muscles are cleansed, our um, senses are quickened, where we're kind of just in hypervigilant mode, our blood pressure rises, our heart beats faster. And these reactions are adaptive because they're useful to keep us safe, right? If we're being chased, if we're being threatened, then we want to have that kind of physical response to get us in that fight or flight mode. The problem is, is that our uh, our body, our nervous system doesn't know if it's an actual dangerous threat to our bodies or if it's more of a perceived threat. And when we when we have this perceived threat, this perceived situation that we think is dangerous, then we're constantly activating our fight or flight response. And then we're in a constant state of stress. We can't relax then. We can't be stressed and relaxed at the same time. It's a physical impossibility. So we then become involved in this kind of hyper stress mode all the time. And we really become chronically stressed, which is actually not good for our body because we're talking about all of these symptoms that we have, these physical symptoms we have. And when we live in that state of, of constant stress, perceived stress um, or perceived danger or real danger, when we get in that stress, it wears us out. It, it, um, it takes over. I think this is a huge component of what goes on in our society right now. And often I think we all think it's expected that we're going to be stressed and that there's going to be a sense of of that height heightened hypervigilant and I actually think that we often encourage each other and support chronic stress I hear all the time in my office or out anywhere people asking how are you doing and then the other person will say oh I'm so stressed And the other will say, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's really stressful. And we really live in this constant state of stress in our world. And we really look to it as as kind of being normal. We normalize it at this point in time. And I hope in this podcast you start wondering, considering whether being in that constant state of stress is really good for you. One reason why it's not good for you, I'm going to kind of answer that question, why it might not be good for you, is that we can then tend to eat as a coping mechanism. We use food as our coping mechanism to deal with our stress. So we then, we feel stress and we respond by eating. What's interesting to me is when we eat these foods, we often satisfy that stress response with sugary foods, salty foods, fatty foods. And we we eat these foods that we sometimes don't think we're allowed to have or or we think are bad foods. And so we we naturally feel drawn to them. I think it's so interesting that when we're feeling stressed, we don't tend to 
uh, crave carrots or or any kind of veggies or a fruit that we tend to eat these foods that sometimes um, we think are bad foods, but we tend to move towards them. And I think because our vulnerability is um, we feel highly vulnerable. And so these are the foods that help make us feel good. That sugary food, that salty food, that fatty food, it feels good and it it feels good in our tummy. So of course we're going to want to do it. What we know is stress eating really helps us relax for a certain amount of time, right? If you're feeling stressed and you eat, you feel good for, for a certain amount of time. I've um, described to my clients before that there's this time between when you eat you know, where you're feeling stressed, you eat, and then you're eating the food. And then there's this point in time where you don't feel good anymore, where you feel angry at yourself, or you feel upset and you feel, or you feel um, not good in your body. And then you've lost that positive feeling from that, that moment where you're eating to try and correct that stress response, you actually end up feeling more stressed, because you tend to then analyze why did I eat? Why did I overeat? Why did I eat that food? So we move into this place of of having these feelings, feeling stressed, feeling overloaded and overwhelmed. We then eat. We feel good for that period of time. So when we eat during that period of time, it actually makes a lot of sense because that's what's going to help us feel good. And, And we get caught up in that idea that, oh, this feels good. And so we do it. And then the after effect, once we kind of come to our senses, so to speak, and we start thinking about, well, what did I just do? I feel bad about it. Then we end up having the feeling about overeating, feeling ashamed of overeating, as well as the initial issues that led to that stress in the first place. So then we're even more stressed than when we started. Hi, everyone. This is Kim, and my book is out. Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, A Six-Step System to Peace with Food is live. I recommend you get it. It has all my six components of feeding your soul as well as my own story. Pick it up now. You can find it on my website at feedyoursoulunlimited.com. Thanks. I think it's also important to wonder why we stress eat and, and notice how socially acceptable it is. And we can tend to encourage each other to eat when we're stressed. And this ends up being more of a um, kind of a group think around stress eating. And I found this a lot in places that I've worked. I've talked about this before about the afternoon time where if any of us felt vulnerable and one person would say, I'm stressed, I'm going out to get something to eat, it's generally a sweet treat that they would go out to eat, you know, they'd say, I'm stressed, I'm going to go get something to eat, who wants to go? There would always be a bunch of people that said, yes, me, get something for me. I want something, I'm stressed too. And so we then have this kind of um, group think around when we're stressed, we eat, and we kind of encourage each other, you might not have initially thought of going out to eat. But when somebody else says they're stressed, um, that can kind of be code words for let's get some food. I remember that was something that happened for me a lot when I used to work in um, an office setting where I wouldn't be thinking about eating something or 
eating anything sweet. But then if somebody said they were stressed and that they were going to get something to eat, I'd think, well, I'm stressed too. I'll eat too. And that began to kind of is like, it felt like an encouragement to eat. Not that I'm blaming anybody for it, but it just became part of a group mentality that I felt drawn into. And I want you to think about whether that happens for you around other people when they talk about feeling stressed and want to eat. Really, when we look at stress eating, it's good while it lasts, and then there's a crash. So it's good until it's not. And I think the crash never ends well. The stories I always hear is that after we stress eat, we then feel even worse about ourselves. We have anger at ourselves for overeating. There's shame of the realization that we overate. There's this questioning ourselves saying, what in the world did I just do? Because we lost track of how much we're eating and we ate when our body didn't really want it. And we ate foods that might make our bodies not feel good. So in addition to feeling worse about yourself, what happens is you don't actually take care of the original problem. The stress that was happening to begin with didn't get dealt with. So those thoughts, those feelings, those behaviors that created the stress aren't gone. And they're actually ending up, they're ending up being magnified since they weren't addressed properly or even really at all. So we tried to run away from the feelings, those stressed feelings by eating, but in the end, it never, ever works. And I encourage you to think back on any time when you engaged in stress eating and And wonder for yourself, did it ever really work? Did it ever take away the stress the long term? It might have during the time while you were eating, but it didn't in the end have an effective change on the original issue, the original stress issue. So like I keep saying, I, I think we can agree that eating over stress will never solve the initial problem of the stress. It masks it for a while and then the stress comes back. What I think is the best way to to deal with this is to deal with the stress from the start, to start noticing the stress and making it a plan of action where when I'm starting to feel stress, I deal with it. And I get that that's easier said than done, because if you could have done it, you would have already been doing it. And we wouldn't even have to have this conversation, right? But we don't always have the the method to deal with it. And also being stressed is highly encouraged and sanctioned in our society. And I want you to really consider how much you might have allowed yourself to be stressed and how might you pull out of it. I'm going to give you some ideas about what to do to start pulling out of that idea of stress being okay and also what just to do with the stress to begin with. Because I think it takes a larger kind of coordinated plan to deal with the stress. It isn't just one thing you can do. I think it's a lot of things, um, tactics and techniques that you need to do, as well as honoring that stress had become a part of your life and that you don't want it anymore. So here's some ideas. First, I think you need to begin by noticing the feelings. Stress, like I said, is a conglomeration of feelings. It's a lot of different feelings altogether. There's no one feeling that is stress. It's just whatever you individually would define as stress, possibly at a certain point in time. And at a different point in time, something else might be stress for you. 
And what stresses you out doesn't necessarily stress me out or somebody else. So it's extremely individual. So start noticing the feelings. And what I think is a great way to start noticing that those feelings is to start noticing the my bodily sensations. What's going on inside that's underneath the feeling, the emotion, because then I can start noticing that physical sensation and then wonder if that maybe means that I'm having feelings. Because sometimes when we get stressed, it's just, I'm just stressed. And when you then look back at or look at what the physical sensation is, it gives you some clues. Here's some ideas. I was thinking about what happens for me. So for me, when my stomach is fluttering, it can mean sometimes that I'm feeling anxious. And so when I have kind of a fluttering tummy, I will wonder if I'm feeling anxious. If I'm feeling tired, that can mean sadness for me. If I'm crying, that can also mean sadness for me. If I have a clenched jaw where my jaw feels really tight, that can be anger for me or that could be frustration for me. Um, If I'm having um, clenched hands, that could mean anger for me. So when I start to look at my body sensations, what's going on in my body, that can then help me identify my feelings so I can start acknowledging it and noticing those feelings so they don't build up to where I have that feeling of stress. And if I start managing the feelings, noticing the feelings, dealing with the feelings, I then won't need food to take care of the stress. Makes sense, right? Another way to help overcome this um, stress eating is to look at something that I think could be kind of beneficial, and that is look at what brings you joy and pleasure in your life. When we're in this highly stressed mode, we're in that fight or flight, that um, need for safety, emotional safety, or physical safety, and what can counterbalance that is to start noticing what brings you joy and pleasure in your life and focusing on that and bringing that in more often because then that can lessen the stress. When I I bring this up with every client, I ask them about what brings them joy, what do they do for self-care, what do they do for pleasure? And I got to tell you, 99% of the time they look at me and they look sideways at me and say, What do you mean joy and pleasure? What do you mean self-care? They literally don't know what I mean anymore because when we use food to try and deal with our lives, deal with stress, we've lost track of what really brings us pleasure, what really brings us joy. Once again, with a society that's really focused on stress as this kind of group way of uh, managing life or, or being in life. We, we've all lost this way of focusing on what brings us joy and pleasure. One of my techniques that I use with my clients is I ask them to start making a list of what brings, brings them pleasure or joy and to think about that and to write it down because then that's a list of what, what we want them to start engaging in more. If you don't have any idea of what brings you pleasure and joy, The next thing I suggest you do is to think back on what used to bring you pleasure and joy in the past. What did you do before for your self-care? And to make a list of that. And sometimes for people that can be, well, many, many, many years ago. And what can happen is you can be so far away of those pleasure 
pleasuring times and and engaging in that that you forget. But when we look back in our past, we can remember it. And after you make that list, do something, do something different. I think they need to be a part of regular activities, but I'm good with just starting with one thing and do that and see how it feels to start engaging in those pleasurable activities. I'm not talking about having things that cost a lot of money or take a lot of time or effort. They can be things very simple like walking outside and taking a deep breath, taking your dog for a walk sitting and watching a funny television show with a family member. Those are all things that can be really pleasurable and something that gets you doing something differently. The next thing I think that is really important for moving out of that stressed feeling is to get plenty of sleep. We are a sleep-deprived society. It is something I hear from clients, I hear from friends, I hear from all kinds of people all over that you're lacking sleep. And when you are sleep deprived, you're going to feel stress. You're just going to feel stressed. Sleep hygiene is critical to end stress eating. It is critical. You're going to eat When you feel stressed from not sleeping, you're going to eat to try and keep yourself awake and to get yourself energy. And that is not what food is about. Food isn't to take the place of you not sleeping correctly. So when I talk about sleep hygiene, that means things like get to bed on time and get up on time every day and really have a routine about what your your bedtime and your wake time is. I know experts will recommend that what you ever you do on your weekday, you do on the weekend because then your body gets used to it as your normal kind of sleep protocol. Another thing that you can do for good sleep hygiene is to wind down each evening. And I like to start winding down in the evening hours before bedtime. And this for me is things like starting to get the lights lower, starting to have things calmer, um, doing things like putting on my pajamas to kind of wind down the evening. And it really kind of tells myself and my brain that I'm getting ready to go to bed later. And I like to start this a few hours before bedtime and just start working, winding down time. So another piece of sleep hygiene is to use various techniques to relax. Um, because we can tend to have a, a very stressful day, a lot going on, and there needs to be this time of winding down. Some of the things that I like to do, and I know others like to do, is to take a bath, read a book, um, listen to calm music, but just things that are low and and kind of make you feel calmer as the night goes on. Another thing that helps with sleep hygiene people, I got to tell you, is to lessen your time on devices, especially at night. The devices, um, they fire up our brain to make us think that it's daytime and it can be overstimulating. And to be on devices at night is consistently people that are experts in the sleep area say, That's just not an okay thing to do. So if you're having any problems with your sleep, not getting deep enough sleep, not sleeping long enough, or not being able to get to bed on time, really look at the amount of time you're on devices and at what time during the night are you on your device. Truly better sleep is a great way to decrease stress. 
Lastly, when we're thinking about how to end overeating related to stress is to eat regular meals. It's really helpful. It's one of the best ways you can help take care of yourself. What I find is people put off eating during the day and then really overload themselves at night. And having the lack of regular food throughout the day can stress your body because you're not fueling it throughout the day. And we need that fuel to to take care of ourselves and take care of ourselves during the day. So I recommend you start noticing your hungry and full signals to help you determine when you should eat and eat regularly throughout the day. This um, I talk about this in my freebie, Top Tips to End Emotional Eating, which is in the show notes. Um, if you go to my website, feedyoursoulunlimited.com, one of the freebies I have on there is the top tips if you don't look in the show notes. But it helps you look at what time of day are you eating? Are you hungry? Are you full? How do you start noticing your body's functioning to get in touch with what foods work at what time of the day? Stress is really unavoidable, you guys. It's, it's something that comes with being a human being on this earth part about being just kind of fully engaged, but you don't have to let it take over. And there are all of these techniques that you can use to de-stress and to feel better during the day. When you're overeating due to stress, it feels good for a while and then it doesn't. So I hope you start seeing that there's an opportunity to release stress And notice it when you're drawn to that stress eating and start developing a plan to de-stress from the start. In order to make this de-stress happen, I want you to use one of the doables. And we talked about a couple of different things that you can do to overcome stress eating is notice your feelings, notice what brings you joy and pleasure, get plenty of sleep, and eat regular meals. Practice any of those this week to see how It feels for you to lessen the stress in your life. And then notice if overeating is overcoming you. Because I think what's going to happen is is as you lessen the stress, you're going to find there's less overeating going on. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening in. I think this is a critical issue that we all need to deal with when we're overeating. And I am so appreciative that you took the time to listen today, and I look forward to hearing about how the doables work for you. This is Kim McLaughlin, and I wish you a great rest of the week. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. We come to you every Monday with fresh new ideas to help you end emotional eating and put food in its proper place as nourishment. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and review it and let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us.